Jesus House in pursuit of God, discovering purpose, maximizing potential, impacting lives. This message is being brought to you from Jesus House London. God bless you. and very big thank you to Pastor Agu and to all my pastors for trusting me and for this privilege this morning. Shall we pray? Father, in the name of Jesus, I stand here, O God, as your voice. Lord, I decrease and ask that you would increase in this place, O God. I ask for grace not to speak words, O God, filled with man's wisdom, but to speak, O God, by the unction of the Spirit, O God. And I ask that in this house today, someone will start their journey and be released, O God, into wholeness by your spirit. Father, I give you all the praise and all the glory, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Good morning again, church, and to everyone watching and worshiping with us online. Um, last week was Thanksgiving service, and I remember at the end, Pastor Agu left us with a charge where he said, Go forth and shine. In fact, he used the words, get out of bed. So I said to myself, don't sleep, you know. Sleep, but not for too long. Get out of bed. He said, shine where you are. And it really resonated with me because there's a scripture that God has been laying on my heart over and over again. It's from Romans 8 verse 19. I'll read the Passion Translation. It says that the entire universe is standing on tiptoe yearning to see the unveiling of God's glorious sons and daughters. And that really is you and that is me. But I realize that, at least personally for me, it sometimes is a struggle to really rise and shine. Because God's word is clear. In Isaiah 60, from verses 1 to 3, if I read from the message version, it says, Get out of bed, Jerusalem. Wake up. Put your face in the sunlight. God's bright glory has risen for you. The earth is wrapped in darkness, all people sunk in deep darkness, but God rises on you. His sunrise glory breaks over you. Nations will come to your light and kings to the outburst of your brightness. And this is God's word over someone sitting in here and someone worshiping with us online today. And God said to me that but for us to truly shine, there is a release that needs to happen in our lives from everything that holds us back. And so this morning, by the grace of God, I want us together to explore a story in the Bible, which we all know very well. It's about the 10 lepers. And I've titled my short message, One Leper's Journey to Wholeness and Release. In ancient times, you know, leprosy was a dreaded disease. People that contracted it, they had to live in isolation. They were away from their families. It affected them emotionally and physically. They really, really suffered from that disease. And the truth is, you know, sometimes, even in present times, we can go through circumstances that are reflective of this situation. I mean, we've just come off the altar. You know, during um, Fresh Fire, Pastor was asking us again to thank God. It was such an amazing time of worship. You know, everyone left on a high. But then life happens sometimes after that. The enemy knows that there is a charge over our lives. There is something that God is calling us to do. And he wants to begin to attack that word in our lives. And sometimes, you know, despite the high moments, we can get to times where we feel abandoned, we feel low, you know, there are broken relationships, wayward children, we're battling illnesses, 
financial lack, you know, just really feel like, Lord, I'm in a place where I don't really feel seen by you. And so this morning, I want us to explore the story of the 10 lepers. The anchor scripture would be from Luke um, chapter 17, verses 11 to 19. I'll be using the Amplified Classic Version. Um, But please bear with me, because of time, I won't read the entire scripture, but I'll refer to parts as I go through the message. And, you know, just because Pastor Agbu loves seven points, I thought, why not, you know, you know, today I'll share seven key points that God laid on my heart from that scripture. The first point that really stood out for me was that for the ten lepers, there was a divine moment for them. Jesus was on his way to Jerusalem, if we read from verses 11 to 12, and he happened to pass along the border between Samaria and Galilee. And the Bible says, as he came into a village, he was met by the ten lepers. I don't think they woke up that morning knowing that Jesus was going to be passing through. I don't even think that it was a planned route. But the Bible says that he was passing through. It occurred. I think that was, that's what the Amplified Version says. And they met him. It meant that irrespective of where they were, they were well positioned and they were prepared to meet Jesus. And I kept thinking about how leprosy would have affected them. You know, it affects the nerves from what I read, the arms, the legs. And I was just trying to imagine how these people potentially had to shuffle, maybe shuffle their way through just to get to the point where Jesus was. But they shuffled through the pain and they met him. And God said to me that there is a defining moment for each and every one of us. For someone listening to me today, there is a defining moment. But it is so key that we don't miss that moment. Because sometimes we're lost in what we're going through, that, you know, we miss the moment. The lepers could have been lost in the pain, even the stigma, because as they were walking through, people probably were looking at them. Nobody really wanted to come close to them, and they could have missed Jesus. The Bible says in Ecclesiastes 3 um, verse 1 that there is a time for everything, a purpose for everything under the sun. There is a now moment for each and every one of us. I thought about the man at the well of Bethsaida. 38 years, the Bible records, he had battled the infirmity. Do you know, I was thinking to myself, this man didn't have friends. Like maybe one friend would even just feel sorry for him one year and say, okay, ah, Please, when the angel comes to stare at the pool, let me just be there to put you in. But it was at the point when Jesus came, that was his day of destiny. And Jesus said, don't you want to be well? He said, I want to, but there's no one to put me in the pool. And all that happened was that a word was spoken and he rose up, picked up his mat and he started to walk. He didn't even need to get in the pool. So I say to someone today, don't be discouraged There is a day that has been destined for you, and that day is coming in Jesus' name. The second point was that there was a cry from the lepers. You know, in 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 verses 13 to 14 of Luke 17. But guess what? They cried out from a distance. They actually didn't get close enough to Jesus. Their cry was from a distance. But the distance was no barrier for their cry. And even though they stood at a distance, all they needed to do was raise their voices and cry out to Jesus. And that cry caused a reaction because the Bible said that he saw them. And I want to say to someone, because sometimes life would happen and we feel like, oh, I need to bury my head in the sand. I don't really want to talk to God. But I want to say to you 
that the weapon is in the cry. We have to keep crying and crying and crying until the miracle comes. No matter how bad it seems, no matter how far we feel, we must never fail to cry out to God because he always triggers a response from our father. The Bible says is Elroy, the one that sees you, the one that sees me. The Bible says in Jeremiah 33 verse 3, it says, call to me, I will answer you. I will show you great and mighty things, fenced in and hidden, which you do not know. Do, you do not distinguish, you do not recognize, you have no knowledge of or understand. But we must call to him so that he can show us those things. Psalm 34, 17 says, when the righteous cry for help, the Lord hears and it delivers them out of their distress and their trouble. The third thing that stood out for me was that there was an instruction to the ten lepers. When we cry out to God, he's hardly ever silent. There's always a follow-up action to our cry, and he always tells us what to do. The issue is that sometimes what God tells us to do doesn't sound like what we want to hear. You know, I was thinking about the widow of Zarephath in 1 Kings 17, I think it is. And when Elijah said to her to give him, you know, her last bread that she was going to make for herself and her son, she was have thought, I don't understand, like this is the last portion. You know, Jesus said to the ten lepers, he didn't even say be healed. He just gave an instruction. Go and show yourselves to the priests. And I was thinking, why did they just think it was okay for them to start shuffling their way to the priest? Because before they started the move, nothing had happened in their lives. And it was a big risk. The priest, because I had to, I went to check why that instruction. Because even another time that Jesus healed a leper, he said, go and show yourself to the priest. Why that instruction? It was because the priest had to certify them clean and then release them back into society. And I thought, wow, what if they got there and they were not clean? That would have been traumatic. But, you know, for them, it was just a word of instruction. What instruction has God given us that doesn't really seem like it? And because of that, we're thinking, Lord, I don't know. I'm struggling with this. The Bible says in Proverbs 4, 20, 20 to 22, my son, attend to my words, consent and submit to my sayings. Let them not depart from your sight. Keep them in the center of your heart. For they are life to those who find them and healing and health to all their flesh. So he gave an instruction. And then the fourth point for me was that there was an obedient act from the ten lepers. And the miracle was in the obedience. Because the Bible records in verse 14 of Luke 17 that they became clean as they began to go. I was talking to my husband this morning. It was reminding me about Naaman when he was supposed to go and dip himself in the river. And Elisha sent a messenger. He did drama. Like, I doesn't see know who I am. You know, like, no, he got angry. But the servant came and said to him, like, if he has said to you, do it. Just do it. And despite all the drama, the miracle was still in the obedience. Obedience is, is very key. Do we heed God's instruction? You know, in, in John 5, Peter said, We have toiled all night and caught nothing. However, at your word, I will let the net down. We all need to get to that point in our lives where we say to God, Lord, 
Nevertheless, at your word, I will let the nets down again. The knowledge that we have of God's word only truly becomes power when we use and obey it. Until that is done, it literally is just potential that we have to use. Luke eleven twenty-eight 28 says, he said, blessed, happy, and to be envied are those who hear the word of God, obey, and practice it. And then verse five, um, the fifth point for me, and this was where I think the game changed in verse 15. There was, however, a moment of recognition, but only from one leper. Up until now, the four points, we had focused on the ten lepers. But the Bible says one leper, when he saw that he had been cleaned, he turned back. And then he recognized and said, thanking and praising God with a loud voice. The second um, half of verse 15. One leper out of ten recognized the miracle worker. He recognized a Kairos moment. You know, Pastor Nathaniel, for those of us that were at the altar, he said something that this is a Kairos moment for the United Kingdom. And I think it's very key for us to key into that word. Because if not, we'll get lost in everything happening. Rising interest rates, inflation, cost of living. And forget that God is doing something this season that we need to key into. We must never get to the point where we become so familiar with the things of God that we miss the trigger moments. That moment was a trigger point for the one leper. And he was even a Samaritan because the scripture kept to refer to the fact that he was a Samaritan. He was a foreigner, which meant that he didn't have full disclosure of who Jesus was, but he understood when the game changed and what he needed to do. And rather than, you know, go off with the other nine to revel in, I guess, the miracle. There was a miracle of healing and maybe celebration. He chose to come back to the one that had, had given him a gift. We must not miss those moments when our focus needs to be on the giver of the gift rather than the gift itself. The sixth, sorry, the sixth point that says, and there was a response from that one leper. Apart, he could rec he recognized the moment, but sometimes recognize and we don't do anything about it. But he recognized the points and then he turned back to say thank you. He fell at the feet of Jesus and said, thank you over and over again. Verse 16 tells us. The Bible doesn't say how far they had gone before he turned back. But he responded to that point that he, re that he recognized. And I suspect that in his turning back, he was still in pain. Because even though they had been healed, I don't think the muscles had come back strong. So he had to go back through pain. You know, maybe still, I don't know, shuffling just to get to the point where Jesus was, to say thank you. And I think that is what God is looking for from each and every one of us. That despite the pain, will you choose a different response? Despite the pain, will you come back and fall at my feet and unlock a future that only faith can unlock? I had an experience on Thursday. Um, you know, I, I got school fees time, got a letter from my daughter's school. I'm sure my husband got it as well. Say that they had increased their fees by, I don't know, almost 1,800 pounds a year. When I saw this letter, I read it like five times. I don't know why I even read it over and over again. Maybe I thought the, the, more, the more you read, I mean, the less you see, maybe the figure will change. I read, I read, I read, nothing changed. But I was gripped by the spirit of fear. 
And it was interesting because that particular morning in my quiet time, God had spoken to me so much about trust. And then this letter came and everything that I had said to God about wanting to trust him had gone out of the window and I was gripped by fear. Then I started calling all my friends. I don't know what I wanted them to do. To report the school, to tell them that they had increased the fees. They just said, sorry, you know, we left. And then God said, have you finished? And I sat there and I realized that my God... This was a moment for me to actually unlock a future financially that I cannot see right now. Because if that increase in school fees has come, it means that there is a plan for provision in my future that even though I cannot see now, my response can begin to unlock. And that was what that one leper did when he came back. He had been healed, not yet whole. But the response unlocked a future of wholeness. And I had to say, Lord, I repent. Because truly, my response could have been different. And that is what God is asking for each and every one of us. Because sometimes our responses are based on what we can see in the present. Rather than a future that we can unlock, that we have the capacity to unlock just by a different response. And that was what that one leper did. And finally, there was release for that one leper. Because the Bible says in verse 19 of Luke 17 that Jesus said, even though he was a stranger, get up, go your way. Your faith, your trust, the confidence that springs from your belief in God has restored you to health. He suddenly became whole. He was a brand new person. He had been distinguished from the other nine lepers. His response through his pain triggered a response to wholeness, body, soul, and spirit from Jesus. And he was released to go and shine because Jesus said to him, go on your way. As he was going on the way, he would have been meeting people who knew that this guy was a leper. And now, not only is he clean, every part of his body is whole and back exactly as God has ordained and purposed. And that is what happens when we allow God to take us on that journey, to make us whole again, and to release us along the path that he has ordained and purposed. God wants to release us into the fullness of what he has called us to. But we must ensure that we truly become the people for the job. The world is waiting on tiptoe for us to manifest. And I dare say that we must manifest whilst it is day. Because nighttime will come where no man, no matter how hard you want to work, can work. A few weeks ago, I went out with a, friend, a few friends. I sat down there so comfortable because it was so bright outside. Then we finished and I saw the time. It was almost 10 o'clock. I said, Jesus. I'd almost missed the last train home because literally I, I just thought it was bright. I thought it was daytime, but it was nighttime. And I now had to start to see how would I get home because I was taking the train. And sometimes that's what, that's what happens to us spiritually. We're just sitting, idling away. We realize, oh my God, the time has gone. This is the time for us to rise and shine. But God is interested in who we become through the process. Today, this morning during Fresh Fire, Pashola said something that struck with me, so stuck with me, struck me, don't know the right English, but I wrote it and I just wanted to read it. It says, before we focus on the external demonstration of God's power, 
we must focus on the internal transformation of God's power. And that is what God is calling us to. A life of wholeness, a life of release. But we must become the people for the job. And so this morning, I'd like us to pray. If, if you don't mind, please indulge me. If you don't mind rising. I want us to just begin to pray and ask for the grace of God over our lives to truly be the people that he has called us to be. But I know that for someone sitting here, you might be thinking, yes, I really want to manifest. I really like that one leper wants to have a different response. I want to turn back. You know, even if everybody else seems to be going and they've gone ahead and it looks like they've moved far ahead of me, I want to be able to come back and lie at the master's feet and, and just thank him over and over again through the pain, even as it takes me on the journey of wholeness. But I'm so broken. I feel so lost. I'm in pain. I was at the altar. I felt an outpouring of the Spirit of God. But the following day, the bills there to stare at me. And I realized yet again what life was throwing at me. This morning, God wants to breathe afresh upon each and every one of us. And I want to ask that we cry out to God and just ask for a fresh breath from on high. The choir is going to lead us in a song. And I want us to sing that song as a prayer. Asking, oh God, breathe your name upon me, Lord, afresh today. Jesus. Jesus. Spirit is being yes. lighted by your word. There are certain moves that can only be by the Spirit of God. With your breath of life. No matter how hard we try on That's how I come It's with his breath of life. And that's how I change my That's world. how we come alive and become world changers. Just breathe your name upon Yes, oh God, I ask that you breathe your name upon this house today, oh God. Just breathe your name Oh, Zakira Makira Jekerianda Katayekere Brokoto. Oh God! Oh God! Just breathe, breathe
so God is our heart's cry because with your breath of life that's how we come alive that's how we manifest that's how we change our worlds I don't want to make a second call this morning for someone that is listening to me and saying I don't even know where to start I don't even know this Jesus that I can turn back to and fall flat at his feet today I present to you the Jesus that I know so many years ago I made this very decision I gave my life to him not knowing how it was going to turn out but he called me out of darkness into light life hasn't always been easy but I've been assured day in day out constantly of the constant and consistent love of a faithful father and today I want to invite you to receive the love of this father if you don't know Jesus as your Lord and your Savior you haven't openly acknowledged him as Lord and Master of your life with all heads bowed I ask that you put your hands on your heart and you just say this simple prayer after me Father in heaven I thank you today Lord I give my life in fullness to you and you alone I withhold nothing from you oh God I ask oh God that you would take my life and you would transform it and you will use it for your glory so that I can truly manifest and be all that you have ordained and purposed for me to be. I bless you, O oh God. I thank you. And maybe there's someone else that just wants to rededicate their lives or maybe even for the rest of us. We just want to say, Lord, we surrender all to you, O oh God. Everything, O oh God, we give to you. Father, we withhold nothing. Yes, Lord. I Father, we 
Kairos moment because the divine day of destiny is coming. Thank you for the grace to listen out for your instructions, oh God. Thank you for the grace to cry out consistently to you, oh God, even through it all. Thank you for the grace to trust and to obey. And like that one leper, I say thank you for the grace over this house to recognize the moment. Thank you for the grace for a different response. And Lord, I thank you that someone is truly walking the path of wholeness and a release into the fullness of all that you have called and purposed for us, oh God. We give you all the praise and all the glory, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen.